want us to just take this moment to to just ask in his presence not asking for anything not petitioning for anything not saying God change anything or do anything but God I'm just standing here grateful God I'm just standing here thankful at this opportunity that I have to stand in your presence does anybody understand that the king of kings that the God who created the universe the one who formed us out of the dust is standing in our presence standing here today and he has given us the opportunity to commune with him to him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. There's nothing as good as his presence. Nothing as good as his, as his presence. There is no substitute for the presence of God. There is no substitute for his spirit. There, there is no substitute for the God that we serve. My goodness goodness I'm thankful for him today I'm thankful for him today oh the incredible uh, presence that we feel uh, in this place God is here God is God is moving and I believe that he has something for us something for us today that we just need to reach out and grab we just need to reach out and grab well, let's pray together. Uh, I don't have an opening text, but we'll just pray for for the service for God to uh, God to to just have His way for Him to speak to us. Can you guys help me pray right now? God, we thank you for what we felt in the music, in the worship service. But Lord, the service has not ended. But Lord, even though it's moving to the preaching, it's another opportunity to engage with Your presence. Lord, open us up. Open our hearts, open our minds, our, our thoughts, that we might receive your word. God, today, change something within us. God, change something within me, God. We need your word. We need your power. We need your spirit. We need your will, Lord Jesus. Let it be done in this place today as we honor you, as we give you the glory. Come on, somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Begin to worship him. Before we even get to the preaching, God, we lift you up today because you are worthy. My goodness, my goodness, our worship should not depend on whether or not our emotions have been stirred. Uh, but, but if we recognize the faithfulness and the stability of God, then our worship will only grow. Amen. Thank you guys so much. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're, we are closing out our, our series uh, today that we've been, we've been going through the book of Joshua. And this series entitled Forward is, is, coming, is coming to a close. And um, in Joshua 23, chapter 23, and Joshua chapter 24, uh, the, you know, we, we are pretty much picking up where, where we left off. Joshua is still in the same situation. If you guys remember last week, uh, God came up to Joshua, or he spoke to Joshua, and he says, Joshua, you are old and stricken in years. God just said it plain like that. He, he doesn't care. <laughs> he, uh, he deals in reality, even though sometimes we don't want to. And so the Bible tells us one more time that Joshua 
is old and and uh, Joshua has just like Moses he has sensed that his time on this earth is is coming to a close it, I think that's kind of a I don't know it's kind of incredible that he was able to know just like Moses that that this this is it to the very day he knew this is my last day and so he calls a couple of meetings with Israel and it's pretty much just him reminding them of how good they've had it so and he's like asking them begging them to not mess it up like that's all that he's asking he's like this is this is good he's like I did a lot of work I set this up just don't mess up just keep the car in neutral that's how he says just don't crash it, 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 it that's pretty much that that that's pretty much it and, and, and he's speaking to them and he's uh, and, and he's talking to them about all the things that, that God uh, has done and, and Joshua is like talking to them how a parent speaks to a kid before you go into the grocery store like when the kid is throwing a temper tantrum and the parent just says do not embarrass me in front of this place or there will be repercussions and that's basically what Joshua is saying he's saying don't don't embarrass me don't tear down all of the work that I have done and he is going through this through this long list but what I think that Joshua was trying to communicate is that God had done so much for Israel that it would have been a shame for all of that blessing, all of that grace to just have gone to waste. Because Joshua had seen what had happened uh, on the other side of the Red Sea, on the other side uh, of the Jordan. If you remember that Joshua and Caleb were the only two that were able to live out that generation that was in the wilderness. And so Joshua had seen how God could send down hail and fire and make the, the sky dark and how he could uh, how he could pass over Israel and, and take the firstborn of the Egyptians. He had seen how God could part the Red Sea, how God could cause the sea to come back over the Egyptians. He had seen how manna would fall from heaven. He had seen countless. He saw the, the walls of Jericho, had, how they fell, but he had also seen how people could see the miracles of God and still walk away from him, how they could still choose other gods, how they could still choose other things. And, and, and for us, uh, it, it's not that necessarily that we're choosing to serve other gods. We're not, I don't see a whole lot of people that I've gone to church with leaving uh, leaving to serve Jesus, to serve Allah, or to serve serve Buddha, uh, or to serve uh, uh, to serve Shiva or, or Vishnu. Or what, what they're doing is that they're placing other things in the place of God. You can serve other gods without calling them your God. Uh, if you set something, Jimmy Needham had a song, and he's such a incredible song songwriter and the song is called clear the stage and he says anything that I want more than God anything that, that I can't stop thinking of is is an idol and so we can place things in front of God like we, like we can say God I, I love you but we can place things in front of our worship towards God like we can be we can still walk in the direction toward God but have something in between us and that and that's what that's what Joshua was trying to get them to avoid because he knew that 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 Perhaps maybe that maybe they would serve other gods. Maybe they would worship the gods of the Egyptians. But he was also worried uh, about some of the small things about them just placing themselves and 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 being culturally relevant and being acceptable among the rest of the people uh, in front of their worship of God. 
uh, he had seen how his people could receive grace, but never experience the fullness of grace. He had seen how they could receive grace, but never experience uh, the fullness of grace. It's kind of like, uh, it, it's like, it's like a gift. It, it's like, you know, if, if you were to, uh, um, Lambergs, if you were, if you were to get Ashley a brand new car, it's kind of like that. And she, she's had this look on her face. Now it's going to turn around. <laughs> it's like if you, if you were to get her a brand new car and, and you said, listen, all you have to do is get your license and, and you've got to place gas in the car. That, that's pretty that's all you've got to do. She didn't, she didn't work for it, the car. She didn't deserve it. Don't nod, don't nod in this moment. Uh, she, 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 I mean, she didn't do anything, but because, but because you love, I'm not saying that you have to buy her a new car, but, but if you, if you do, it's because you love her. It's not, it's not because, it's not because, uh, she, she deserves it or, or anything. It'd be like you buying her a new car and, and actually this is a nice car. It's like, it's better than Lauren's. Uh, you, like it, it's, it's nice. Like she's jealous and everything. And it's like getting that gift, that incredible gift. And, and, and saying, and they're saying, all you need to do is get your license and put gas in the car, and, and you can drive it whenever you want. Um, and no boys in the car, of course. Uh, it's always one of the rules. And they, and they give you this incredible gift, and, and, and you don't drive it unless your dad puts gas in it and he drives you to the places. That that's that's literally that's literally what 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 they what they were doing with grace is that God had given them this incredible gift. He gave them this vehicle. Uh, but they were saying, uh, unless we've got Joshua around, unless we've got Moses around to tell us exactly what to do, then we're not really going to engage in grace. As soon as Moses, look at as soon as Moses went up the mountain, they says, man, it's been it's been a little bit. It's been too long. They could have worshipped God themselves. They, they could have set up an altar for themselves. But they said, we don't have Moses around. They said, give us a God that we can serve. And so they built, they built idols and, and they started going crazy. And they got Moses so mad that he threw down the Ten, the ten Commandments. Because, because a, a lot of scholars debate and they say, they say, man, what was Moses was just so angry and he was just so frustrated. And he just threw down these tablets. But other scholars say this, that Moses was, was, was really doing this this uh, illustration type of preaching is that Moses went up there to speak with God and he came down with the law and he's walking down and they're engaged in all kind of idolatry and, 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 and not just because he was mad, of course he was frustrated, but to show them what they had done, Moses took the law from his hands and he broke it because that's exactly what they had done. They had taken something that was supposed to be good and, and they had made it something that wasn't very important. God gave Israel this incredible vehicle and he says all you've got to do is, is put gas all you've got to do is go but they but they kept on saying now now we need uh we need somebody we need something to lead us we need something special and eventually they would ask for a king and we know how that would go the law that they received was the vehicle to get to grace the law wasn't grace but it was a grace that god had given uh, they, they weren't able to recognize uh, the benefit or, or the blessing. The law set up the framework for grace. Uh, grace was uh, the foundation of the law. They, grace was, uh, sorry, the, the law was the foundation uh, for grace, but they weren't able to see what God was trying to build because they would get so caught up looking at other people's buildings. 
God had given them the blueprint for grace. It was by them, through them, that God intended uh, for this incredible work of grace to come. But they were so busy looking at other people and saying, man, they're living how, how they want to live and doing, and doing whatever they want to do. And they weren't able to recognize the blessing that the law actually was. And, and they either forsook it or they were like the Pharisees or, and they twisted it to make themselves self-righteous. We've got to be careful. Uh, we've got to be careful when God tells us to do certain things or God places commandments in our lives and we don't keep those things in the right perspective because, because we'll, we'll go to two extremes like a lot of people do. We'll, we'll, either, we'll either twist it to make ourselves look better, to make ourselves feel better, like we are, like we are this, this, self-righteous, uh, this self-righteous Pharisee, or, or, or we'll say, man, this law is too hard. This is, this is too much. For me, I'm not going to take time to understand it. It's kind of like when when Jesus was speaking to his disciples, to multiple, to not just the apostles, but to a lot of the disciples. And he said, and he said, except you eat my flesh and, and you drink my blood, he says, you're not going to have any any part with me. And, and, and people heard that and they and they said, what? <laughs> they said, this is a hard saying who can hear it they, they, they didn't want to take they didn't, they didn't want to take the time to understand of what Jesus was actually saying they, they just took it on, on on the surface we cannot we cannot stop when Jesus speaks to us we cannot stop with, with just the surface uh, we have to we have to go a little bit deeper uh, we have to be willing to wait on the word of the Lord when God tells us to go uh, it, it, it's not God God I, I don't understand how I'm supposed to move forward we just need to start moving when God tells us to stay when God tells us to wait we need to be patient and we need to wait exactly where we are and we need to say God God help me to dig deeper God help me to go deeper in you so that I can truly receive what you're trying to do because if we just take these commandments at, at, at the surface uh, they'll cause us to become frustrated and to become bitter oftentimes and we feel like we're just doing things just to do them and we're not really and we don't understand God will give you understanding if you ask for understanding and if God doesn't give you understanding the Bible tells us that he'll give you a peace that passes all understanding and so that even when you don't understand what's going on, you don't, feel like, you don't feel like you have all of the answers, you'll still have the peace, which the Bible tells us will guard our hearts and our minds so that we can continue to do what God wants us to do. Peace is active. Peace isn't just, just, a, stay of, uh, just a stay of battle or a stay of war. Peace is, is an, active, uh, an active power that God, that God wants to grant you. Peace is power. I know, I know we don't oftentimes put those words together, but peace is power. The Bible tells us that peace will guard your heart and your mind. If you've been struggling with, with going deeper in God, then you need to ask for his peace. If you feel like you can't fight anymore, uh, that, that's because you're not supposed to be fighting. Peace is supposed to be guarding you. Sometimes we're engaged in fights that, we're, that we think we can handle this on our own, but peace w w was meant to be our guard. Peace was meant to be our armor bearer. Peace was meant to have the shield before so we didn't have to fight the battle. We can be in the midst of a wartime, but, but, but God needs to choose for us which battles we need, which battles we need to face. Israel just couldn't go wherever they wherever they wanted to go. God had to give them the order. God had to tell them. God had to tell them which step because if they tried to take over certain uh, certain enemies without God's approval, well, they would have lost. 
if they tried, well, look what happened. We looked at it uh, three weeks ago uh, at the sin of Achan when he had, he had gone into Jericho and he had taken some of the gold from, from the treasury. And we saw that when Israel went into battle uh, with, I think, 3,000 men, I think 36 of them died because Achan had decided to usurp the, the authority or the commandment uh, of God. Peace, peace will, will allow you to not take advantage of your victories. Because sometimes we can receive, uh, like, like, like say, uh, I know we talk about uh, finances a lot, but sometimes we'll, we'll be praying for a financial break- breakthrough. And God will will give us that, right? But God will say, you know what? When you get this, uh, I, I need you. I, I need you to bless somebody else with it, instead of using it to for the what you thought that you would spend it for. And He's saying, God, you gave me that. You gave me the answer to the prayer, but now I'm going to do what I want with it. No, 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 no. Because that will lead to our, to our destruction later on down the road when God gives us that breakthrough, when God, uh, when God gives us that answer, when God gives us that victory, it, 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 is, uh, uh, it is very important for us to pause after each victory, after each blessing and say, God, what is it that you want me to do with this? How is it that I can use this to bless you? How is it, can I, uh, as soon as uh, we've got to have, uh, we've, we've got to have uh, that prayer uh, of Samuel's mother. Somebody remind me of Samuel's mom's name. Hannah, thank you. We've got, to, we've got to have that same kind of mentality that Hannah had, who, who, prayed, who prayed for a son, who, who prayed she was, but she prayed for a son. And, and, and as soon, uh, before it even happened, she says, Lord, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. What would happen if our prayers began to say, Lord, not just I need something or Lord, I want something, but God, as soon as you give me this that thing that I'm praying for, I am going to dedicate it back to you. God, I've been praying for better better hours at my job and now I have them. I, I don't want better hours just so that I can sleep more, just so that I can have a better schedule, but God, I want better hours so that I can dedicate more time to you so that I can be a better evangelist, so I can be a, a better witness, so that I uh, so that I can spend more time with my family in the way that that, that you want me to, 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 to be a light to them. Well, what is it, God? I'm dedicating the blessing that you gave me back to you. God gives you grace, not so that just that so you can receive grace but so that you can experience the fullness of grace God doesn't just give you blessings just because he thinks you're cute God gives you blessings for a purpose God gives you blessings for a reason and here's something that and that's something that Joshua understood he understood that grace is evidenced when you give God gratitude we've talked about this before we talked about it probably back in July or August that that gratitude uh, is a discipline, and, and Joshua, in Joshua ch- chapter twenty-three, uh, he starts talking to them, and he and he goes through their immediate victories. He's saying, "This is what God has done for us." In fact, the context of, of chapter twenty-three starts in verse one. It says that that God had given Israel rest from all of their enemies, and so they're in this time of rest and, and, and refreshing. And, and Joshua is saying, "You cannot forget how you got here." You cannot forget how we got to, to this moment. Uh, and he's reminding them of, of how important it is uh, because he wants them, because if you give God gratitude, 
If you learn to be grateful, if you learn to say thank you to God and mean it, uh, not just trying to fool him like we fool ourselves, just saying, just saying thank you. But, but, but if you can really learn how to be grateful for the things that God does, even the small things, because grace isn't just a salvation thing, but, but we'll get to that. Because uh, if you can really be grateful, then, then it will help you to not, to not want uh, to sin. It's similar to, uh, to, 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 to David who said, that word have I hid in my heart that, that I might not sin against you. I, I don't think that David was saying, I'm going to memorize, uh, memorize as much scripture as I can, and miraculously, uh, I'm not going to sin anymore. Uh, but I think that David was saying, if I hide your word in my heart, if I hide your promises in my heart, it's going to do something with it. If I can allow myself to remember the things that you have done, if I can allow myself to remember where I was and, and, and where I am now, if I could learn to say thank you, if I could learn to be grateful, if I am holding on, if I am consuming the word of God as much as possible, then something is going to change within me. It's not just that I'm automatically not going to sin, but I'm not going, uh, I'm, I'm not going to want to sin. It's not going to be as appetizing to me, just like in the book of Jeremiah, where the prophet said, thy, uh, thy words were found, and I did eat them. Job said, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. There, there, there is something that happens when you begin to, to begin to consume the word of God. It will change your appetite for other things. It will change your appetite for worldly things. And that's why, uh, that, that's why Moses and Joshua would read the law in front of the people. Because if they could get the word, if they could get, yes, the commandments, if they could get the curses, yes, but if they could get the blessings, if they could get the promises in them, and if they could remember them, then it would change what they desire. It would change their appetite. But somewhere along the line, Israel would forget. God gives us grace for a purpose. Even extended this in First uh, Peter chapter 4. In verse 10, the Bible tells us, as every man has received the gift, even so minister the same one to another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so just as, uh, just as, as finances, just as time, just as uh, things are, 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 are resources that God wants you to be a good steward of, Grace is something that God also wants you to be a good steward of. That the grace that God, uh, I, I think that, that what God gives you, when God gives you grace, it, it's similar to how when Jesus was speaking of the parable of the talents, uh, where, uh, where the, you know, you guys know the story where the master, he has his, he has his three servants, and he has one, one, and the other two, and five, and and, and the two of them multiply. They take what their master has given them and, and they put it to work. And, and, and they use it. And because they use it, the, the talent, the gift that their master had given them was multiplied. And when he came back, he, he, he blessed them because they used what he put them as stewards over. But the one who only received 
but didn't do anything else with it, who didn't give it out, who didn't put it to work. Uh, he, 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 lost, he lost everything. Uh, God gives you grace so that you can give grace. God gives you grace with the expectation that you will multiply it. God gives you, let me say it one more time, God gives you grace with the expectation that you will multiply it, with the expectation that you will put it to use, with the expectation that, that, you will, that you will use it as a resource and that you will give grace to other people. God gives you grace with the expectation that when somebody gets, gets you upset that you will give them grace. God gives you grace with the expectation that when somebody has wronged you, that after, that, that after a certain amount of time that you will learn to, God gives you grace with the expectation that you will use it. But if you just receive, if you just receive grace, then we're, we're going to be just like the one, just like the servant who had the one talent. He says, Master, uh, you know, this, I, I don't know, man. I, I thought, I thought it would be safer just to keep it. I thought it would be safer just to keep it. Nobody would be calling me a hypocrite. Nobody would be offended at my religion. No, nobody would be upset uh, because I'm saying that I'll pray for them. Uh, he, I don't want to be like that servant. I don't want to be like that servant. And so God tells them that they need to, that they need to be good stewards of, uh, he told us that, that we need to be good stewards of the grace that we have been given. And it's interesting that, that, that Joshua and chapter 23 talks about more of the immediate victories. And in chapter 24, he begins to go through like the whole list and the whole history uh, of Israel and talking about, talking about how, how God, has, God has blessed them. And he, uh, he begins to talk to them about Abraham and how uh, Abraham and his, his family, they were serving other gods. The Bible says on the other side. Uh, of, of the flood and, and, and how God took them from where they were so that he can make uh, make his people into a great nation. And he begins to talk to them about what happened in Egypt. Nobody else had seen what had happened, but, but Joshua thought that it was important that they that they remembered not only where they came from personally, but where but where God's people had come from, the entire history uh, of what God uh, has done. He was trying to teach them to rejoice in the blessings that other people had received. I wonder what would happen. The Bible tells us to rejoice with those that are rejoicing and to mourn with those who are. Mar I wonder how many times we really, well, we we really enact that that principle that God that God tells us to do. How many times? I know I've been this person before that I've seen how God has blessed somebody else, and I'm saying, what? Them? What? God, God, I, 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 my resume is the same as theirs. God, my, my resume is better than theirs. Uh, and, and we begin to we begin to compare, thinking, God, how could they be how could they be worthier than me to receive this blessing? I, I've been in this just as long as then. I've I've been praying the same kind. Uh, of prayers, but but if something could shift within us where we begin to hear reports of what God is doing for somebody that we don't even know, and we begin to rejoice, God would change something within us, because if we could learn to rejoice for others, how much more would we learn to rejoice when God does something in our lives, when God does 
does something great, we will learn to rejoice. When God does something small, we will learn to rejoice. And our gratitude would change something in us to the point where, where we would receive grace and we would give grace just the way that God intended. Can you rejoice for somebody else? Can, can, can you pray for somebody else? When you've been praying for God to do something in your body, when you've been praying for God to do something in your marriage, when you've been praying for God to do something in your life, can you pray for somebody else? Pray and intercede for them until God does the miracle. And whether or not God does it in my life, I'm going to rejoice for the blessing that God has done for a child of God because it's not just about me, but it's about the kingdom. Amen. What would happen if we gave God thanks for victories that we had not seen? Something else that he was teaching them, not only to rejoice for, uh, for, for other people's blessings, uh, but, 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 to, but to show them the history of how much God had done to get them to this point. Because, because their salvation and their grace and their blessings happened because other people responded. Even though those people messed up at some point, it was because those people moved out of Egypt that, 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 that this person in this moment that Joshua was speaking to was able to receive the blessing. Uh, what would happen if we began to thank God for the victories that we did not see? God, I'm thanking God today for the victories that God performed in my pastor's life. I, I'm thankful that for, for the victories that God performed in my pastor's pastor's life. Uh, because without the, I believe that God had us in mind when he was, when he was doing, when he was performing victories and giving blessings. Because, because just like I said, the, the grace that God gives you, the blessings that God gives you, he didn't just do it just so it could stay with you, just so that you can receive. But God has countless numbers of people in mind down the road. God, God is looking at somebody 50 years from now that is going to be blessed because of a decision that you made today. God is looking at that. Don't stop the line of God's blessing because you want to be selfish. Don't, don't stop the line of God's grace because God, God is a promise keeper. God is a promise keeper. Something else that Joshua was trying to teach them in chapters 23 and 24 is that God, everything that God did was something that he had promised he was going to do. Everything that he did was something that he had promised that he was going to do. My goodness, a God who gives grace will keep his promises. And sometimes we, we know that. And I quoted David in, in Psalm 119. says, your word have I, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's not just knowing that God keeps his promises, but, but, but God wants us to go to the next step where we get it from, from just up here. And knowing, yeah, God, God's a promise keeper. God's, God's a healer. God's a deliverer. And he wants us to go from our head to our hearts where, where, where we're not just saying God is a promise keeper, but I'm a keeper of the promises of God. Uh, I, I'm holding, when God gives me a word, that, that's, I'm hiding that in my heart. Because the word that, that, that David was talking about, it wasn't, just, it wasn't just Bible verses. It was things that he felt in prayer. Look at all, all the Psalms, the things that, 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 he, that he wrote. Those weren't there before David, before David wrote them. The promises that he wrote, they, they weren't there. There wasn't something that David read and something that David quoted. He wrote them because, because God was speaking to him when, when he was when he was 
Uh, when, when the psalmist, and I think it's uh, Psalm 73, when he says, I looked at the prosperity of the wicked, I believe it was Asaph, and, and he says, and, and it frustrated me that I saw that they were, that they were doing so well. Uh, he says, but then I went into the house of the Lord, I went to the sanctuary, and, and, I, began, and I began to worship, and, and then I understood their end. And, and it wasn't just something, it wasn't just something that, that, that was up here, it wasn't just, because he had, he, he had seen God do miracles, he had seen God prosper. Israel before, but there was something that was in front of him that was bothering him. It had to go just from knowing that God was able uh, to, 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 to knowing that he knew. I, I, I love the way that, that, that the old timers, you've got to know that you know. It's got to move from your head, and it's got to move somewhere into your heart, and it's got to move beyond the heart into somewhere deep within your spirit until it is imprinted upon your soul. That is what Joshua was trying to get the children of Israel to do. Keep the promises of God. Keep the promises of God. Keep the promises of God as the music comes and we get ready to close. Uh, I wonder, with every eye closed in this place, if we, could, if we could go back in our mind and say, what are some promises that I have received that I have not kept? Not my own. Not things that I said that I would do and I haven't kept my promise. But, but what are things that God has said to me that I have let my grip I've let it become soft. I've let go of this promise. Can somebody make a commitment? Not saying, God, I'm going to do more. God, I'm going to do better. God, God, I'm going to give more. God, I'm going to worship more. But God, I'm going to believe you more. God, I'm going to keep your word. God, I'm going to keep your promises. God, I'm not waiting for Sunday after Sunday for a preacher to tell me, uh, to, for the preacher to tell me what promises I should believe and for the preacher to encourage me that God is really for me. God, I, I want to believe it for myself because there is something in me, just like, just like you set it up for Israel. God, you, you, you brought Israel out of Egypt so that grace could come through them so that I could be grafted into that branch. And likewise, God, there is a grace that you are giving to me so that I can give it to somebody, so I can multiply it. Because the grace that God gives you isn't just for salvation, but there is grace that God desires for you to have every single day. There is grace that God desires for you to have in your interactions with your spouse. There is grace that God desires you, that, that God has a desire for you to have in your workplace. There is, there is a grace that God desires you to have. That grace comes with peace. And that peace comes by the power of gratitude. Gratitude comes from knowing that God is a promise keeper. Right where, right where you're sitting, can you make wherever you're sitting an altar place right now? Whether you want to sit, you want to kneel, you want to lift up your hands right now, we need to say, God, I'm building up my altar on your word. God, each stone that I'm placing each piece of wood that I'm laying. God, that, 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 that's your word. And I'm stacking up this altar on your promises, on your truth. God, yes, on Bible verses, but God, things that you have spoken to me. God, that is what I'm speaking to you today. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would move across this congregation. And Lord, that you would help us to remember that you are faithful, that you are true, that you are good, 
that you are a promise keeper. God, I can keep your promises in my heart without fear of being let down. God, Joshua was begging them to remember the victory that you had given. Ah, today, help us to remember how we got here. The same God that got us to this point is the same God that will get us across the Jordan. Same God that got us across the Jordan is the same God that will remove all enemies from the promised land. And help us to have faith in you, to have trust in you, Jesus. To have trust in you, Jesus. God, be glorified.